The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out. Yeah, I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, what is happening, folks? My God. Draymond gets suspended indefinitely. Giannis goes off for 64 points. A Milwaukee Bucks record then loses his goddamn mind over his game ball. We talking about the game ball? And the Clippers quietly, maybe the best team in the NBA that nobody is talking about. We also got your MVP MVP futures in the NBA covered and some news from around the league. I said it was crazy season. All these stars are losing their minds. So let's get into it, William, and drop that motherfucking beat that should be Rihanna. Oh my goodness. There is just too much popping in the league right now. I tell you what, Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely. Giannis goes off for 64 points, which is a record, and loses his goddamn mind after the ball. Has to be restrained. Has to be restrained. Giannis, the nicest guy in the league, the guy with the dad jokes, that guy was putting his face, finger in the face of Lloyd Pierce, assistant coach of the Indiana Pacers, putting his finger in the face of Tyrese Halliburton, all the while Dame Lillard is just like, yo, dude, um, it's not that deep. You'll get the ball. Pat Beverly is the only one willing to talk about Josh Giddy on the broadcast with with Kevin Hart. I almost said Josh Hart. Kevin Hart. We'll get into all of that in a bit. Not all of it. We're not talking about Josh Giddy, obviously. <laughs> but because so much is happening around the league, I think everybody is asleep on the L.A. Clippers. Last time that we checked in on the Clippers, everyone, including me, was clowning them. The James Harden era got off to a very rocky start. He looked slightly washed. Russell Westbrook was discombobulated. You remember, I'm sure. It was it was all the rage. Everybody was having it on their little debate shows. We were making fun of the trade. We're mocking LA. Harden was the butt of every fat joke, except for the ones about Zion. They lost the first six games of the Harden era, and there was glee. I mean, elation across the league, and shock, and awe in Clipperville. Guess what? Well, the Clippers convinced Russell Westbrook to come off the bench, or Russell Westbrook decided on his own, but let's be honest, doesn't really matter. And since then, the team is 10-3, and and they are the hottest team in basketball. They're the only team in the league who hasn't lost in the month of December. And the much maligned Harden is actually averaging 17, 5, and 8, 
But get this, the turnstile is averaging two steals a game. Do not be sleeping on these Clipper folks. Do not be sleeping on them. If you break down their run of form, it is very impressive. First of all, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, haven't missed a game all year. Paul George probably will end up missing some games because of a groin strain or whatever it is. Paul George, before his injury, was top 10 in minutes played until he left at halftime against the Kings. This team, Clippers, have been also super balanced in the last 10 games or so. The big four-ish, big three and one, big three and change, have all found a way to get theirs, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. Russ coming off the bench has given them 11-7-5 and in 25 minutes. Kawhi Leonard is putting up MVP caliber numbers, 23-6-4, with two and a half steals and blocks per game. Stocks. And the incredible thing, his 34.7 minutes per game is the highest in his entire career. Paul George, 23-6-4, with two stocks per game. Uh, His 2.3 turnovers per game is the lowest he's had since 2015. Nuts. And as a team, they are gelling. That's what they said. We have time. We need time to gel. We need time to click. All these other teams, they've had time to figure each other out. We've had no time. This guy just got here midway through the season. In December, only three teams have a higher field goal percentage than the Clippers, and only four teams have allowed a lower field goal percentage. So the Clippers are top five in offense and top five in defense. If you take their last game when they played against the Kings, they used a suffocating defense to smother a very good Sacramento Kings team by 20. Six Clippers were plus 12 or better, and eight players had eight or more points. Balanced scoring. Their team shooting splits, 52 from the field, 38% from three, 93% at the charity stripe. At the same time, they held a very good shooting Kings team to 42% from the field, 27% from three, and just 71%. They had them shook from the charity store stripe. All five Kings starters were negative eight or worse. And De'Aaron Fox, which we know has MVP caliber talent, he was only held to 14 points, which is less than half of what he's averaging in his all-star all-NBA year. The Clipper team is just different. They're different than we thought that they were going to be. They're different than they were at the start of the season and the start of the Harden era. And nobody, nobody is talking about it. Nuts. If you want to hear something wild, Harden has played 18 games with PG and Kawhi. So that's already more than he played with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which was 16. That is insane. And we're only in December. The team is fun. They, they are deep. So deep to put your ass to sleep. So deep that Bones Highland has gotten 10 straight DNPs in the last 15 games. So deep that P.J. Tucker has gotten 6 straight DNPs and also went 6 straight games before that without scoring a point. Nearly 80 minutes of basketball. And this man, P.J. Tucker, only shot the ball twice in total. No wonder he was like, hey, I got to figure out a place or a role for me, and there are not enough basketballs in the world for this team. That's right. That's true. Both Bones and Tucker probably getting shipped out. It'll probably be for their own good as well. Probably be a market for both of them. What the Clippers need is another big, because with Mason Plumlee out, they're relying on a lot of Daniel Tice minutes right now in the backup center spot, and that is just not Daniel Tice. Just not a very good sign. Well, no, 
a lot more about where this Clippers team stacks up against the league over the next two weeks or so. But not only is Paul George banged up, meaning they're going to probably have to play without one of their stars for the first time this year, but they also play the Warriors, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Mavs, the Thunder, and the Celtics in consecutive games. So if the Clippers were to come through this stretch at, say, 4-2, and two, I don't know, 3-3, three and three, maybe watch out. This could be the team that we've been hoping that the Clippers could be and would be. Are they a contender? So many stars all on expiring contracts. Maybe, just maybe, we could have faith that they can compete with the Denver Nuggets again like they did in the bubble. One thing is for sure, as long as the Clippers stay healthy, this is a dangerous-ass team. They're going to have very much have to worry about when they're in the playoffs. Moving on. By now, everyone is talking about what I call game ball gate. What Tom Ziller, who I absolutely love, I wish I thought of this name, Balgazi, a.k.a. Benghazi. No, Balgazi. Balgazi gate. If you're not 100% up on it, let's set the stage. It is kind of foo-gazy. It is kind of ball-gazy. It is. The Bucks played the Pacers last night in what has become a tiny, tiny bit of a rivalry. The Pacers beat Milwaukee in the semifinals in-season tournament in the game where, remember, Tyrese Halliburton arrived. He's tapping on his wrist where his watch should be, looking at Damian Lillard, saying, Dame time? Nah, it's my time. Damian Lillard after that game was like, ooh, boy, you my God, get humble. Your time's coming as well. And the Bucks, they might have felt some kind of way about it. Damian Lillard must have felt some kind of way about it. Giannis must have felt some kind of way about it because Wednesday's game, intense from the jump. Hard fouls, closeouts on defense, bodies. Let the bodies hit the flow. Let the bodies hit the flow. Teams coming close to brawling on multiple occasions. Bobby Portis flashing those murder eyes, charging at everybody, getting ejected. I think I watched, I thought it was the same highlight, but it was multiple scuffle highlights before the main event occurred, which happened post-game. Of course, the Bucks, because they were feeling some kind of way and they were at the crib, a little too much for the Pacers in the second half. It looked like they were putting the game away for good. Giannis had just beaten Michael Red's scoring record in Milwaukee. He's going to the bench. Everything looks like it's normal. And then, 58 points is what he scored. Five minutes left. The whole Indiana Pacer bench was in. All the scrubs and for development time. And they decided to bomb away, start making shots. And with like two minutes left, they got to bring back in Dame. They got to bring back in Giannis. Adrian Griffin was like, we can't be losing to the Indiana Pacers at the crib. So Giannis proceeded to be dominant, scoring another six more points. 64 on 20 for 28 from the field with 14 boards, four steals, and a block. What a monster game for Giannis, by the way. Woo. The kind of game that I don't know you'd like to uh, commemorate, right? Like maybe take the ball home. Maybe like, I don't know, have the game ball given to you yeah i don't know the pacers were like in milwaukee no fuck your game ball as assistant coach lloyd pierce you remember him from atlanta wasn't particularly well liked apparently snatched one of the game balls and proceeded to spirit it away to secrete it away to the pacers locker room and Giannis found out and he lost his mind he was so furious 
he didn't know that, I guess, a Milwaukee Bucks security guard grabbed the first game ball and he had it, but he lost it. He went apeshit, started yelling at everyone, took a small army into the Pacers tunnel where a scuffle ensued that ended with my guy, Pacers GM, Chad Buchanan, taking an elbow to the ribs and maybe more. That's what Rick Carlisle said. And not allegedly, that really happened, folks. The Pacers were apparently saving the game ball. They took the game ball for Oscar Tshibwe's first NBA point commemoration. And I say apparently because this all seems petty and quite shady as hell, considering that I think Oscar Tshibwe has already scored a point in an NBA game in the in-season tournament. After the game, the tea continued to spill everywhere. Both Giannis and Dame claim that the ball had been switched. They think that that was never been used in a game, that it seemed like a brand new ball, and that the Pacers were still holding on to it. Where is the ball from the Milwaukee Bucks security guard that he grabbed? Probably already on eBay. There is so much about this that is just hilarious. Let's start with um, Rick Carlisle's postgame presser. It's Oh, it's tremendous. I don't think any punches were landed, but my general manager got elbowed in the ribs <laughs> by one of their players. Um, and so... He certainly has a bruised, bruised rib, and who knows, you know, if it's anything more than that. But um, unfortunate situation. We don't need the the official game ball. There's two game balls there. Um, you know, we could have taken the other one, um, but it didn't need to escalate to that. Wait, so he admitted to taking the official game ball. The conspiracies are afoot. I don't think anyone really knows. What is going on? This is also really funny. Like, is anybody in the NBA more low-key anonymous than Chad Buchanan, the Pacers GM? A lot of people think Kevin Pritchard, president of basketball operations, is actually the GM of the Indiana Pacers. My guy, Chad Buchanan, a.k.a. Buck, just getting no-key respect at all to the point where you've got the head coach Rick Carlisle, just not even saying his name, just the, the RGM, Pacers GM, just got elbowed in the ribs. We got to put a little bit of respect on Buck's name. Second, as someone said on Twitter, the whole, like, give the game ball in a loss to the rookie scoring his first and only point of a game on a second free throw that Carlisle tried to pull at, was said with a straight face, like, that is not a thing. And he, and he knows this is not like a real tradition. This is not something that normally happens. Like shenanigans are afoot. This is now an ongoing situation. And it appears in a video that a Bucks official secured the game ball from the ref at the end of the game and that Lloyd Pierce might have gotten the second ball, which Giannis flipped the fuck out over. And we don't really know. We have absolutely no clue. What we do know, though, is that the Indiana Pacers just signed James Johnson the scariest man in the league, a day after this kerfuffle, this fracas, this scuffle. Why? Because they don't want to be bullied like this again. They don't want to be made out like they can just get elbowed in the ribs or GM isn't protected. Like, we need somebody like James Johnson to make sure this shit doesn't happen again. Unlike the Draymond drama, this is what I live for. This is the stuff that the NBA on social media is all about. And guess what? And guess what? And guess what? New Year's Day, baby! Pacers Bucks 
in Indiana, Adam Silver cannot stop grinning from ear to ear. Maybe your girl will be there. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, let's move on. We got to talk about the stream on suspension. So the NBA has acted swiftly and decisively over the Draymond Green spinning back, back fist to the hand of Yusuf Nurkic. It took less than 48 hours for Draymond to be suspended indefinitely, which we've heard around these parts once before, right? John Morant, first time around. Then he had like a proactive, retroactive suspension. I was like, good for time served, eight games, whatever. What does it even mean? No one knows. No one seems to be sure. But we know it's not good. It's not good for the league. It's definitely not good for the Warriors. And it's 1,000, 10,000, 100,000%. Not good for Draymond Green. Not good for his brand. Not good for the team dynamics. A lot of people think the league was moved to act so harshly because Nurkic, which was like probably not talked about enough, decided to make this like a whole other thing. I don't know if he knows something we don't know, but he said that he was worried for his mental health. He needed to get some help. And KD then said this. On the Nurkic, it's your... What was your reaction to that and Draymond getting the indefinite suspension? Yeah, that was insane to see. Um, I had nervous, all right. Uh, never seen that before in basketball court in the A-Wing. I hope Draymond gets the help he needs uh, for the incident after incident. So uh, I know Draymond, and that's not, you know, he doesn't, he hasn't been that way when I was around him coming into the league. So hopefully he gets the help he needs. And, Get back on the court and you know, put all this stuff behind him. He wasn't like that while I was there, and hopefully he gets the help he needs. My goodness. Something is afoot that we don't know about. I'm gonna get on my little my little text fingers and figure it out and be on the case for my own personal edification. But keep in mind this MMA move that he pulled on Yusuf Nurkic came just after like two weeks after Joe Dumars was like, hey. You're fucking things up right now. Also, legendary Pistons player who's not only head of basketball ops for the NBA, but Draymond grew up around Joe Dumars. It's like an uncle to him. But he sat him down and was like, listen, bro, you're fucking with our media rights deal right now. We can't have you doing that. There's a lot of money on the line, and we can't have any lowering of the price tag because of some thuggery afoot. Knock this shit out or else. This is the or else. This is what Dumar said on first take today. A lot of times people get caught up into like a number, like what's the number? What, and we didn't want to do that. Uh, what we wanted to do was, first of all, we knew that um, there would be some level of punishment, but we didn't want that to be the focus. We wanted the focus to be on how can we help Draymond as well? And we thought indefinite was the best way to do that. So, so, so people don't get caught up on here, what's the number? Is it too low? Is it too high? Indefinite means get yourself right. We want to see you at your best. And the best way for you to do that is, is to get yourself, get yourself mentally and emotionally back to where you need to be. And so that's 
how we got to indefinite. This is something that we should be applauding anytime you... Well, and also Draymond Green is very lucky that it's Joe Dumars. Because I tell you what, another guy isn't caring about Draymond Green returning to his best. They are worried about the rule of law, and it's probably maybe the end of the season for Draymond Green. Woj reported that the league has told Draymond that he needs help, and that for the first time Draymond Green was like, I also agree. I also need help. Punching, choking, people on the court. I don't know if you know this. It's not normal. It's not what happens in the heat of the moment. Maybe he does need to get down to figuring out why he does the things that he does. Maybe there's some sort of coping skills, anger management, a root cause for all of this violence. How long will he be out? I have no idea, but the last time the league did the, the whole indefinite thing for Jaw, it was it was bullshit. It was like University of Phoenix uh, mental health institute like covered in six days and all of a sudden John Morant's just fine. He's figured out new coping skills. He doesn't have an alcohol problem. And then like in a blink of an eye, now he's out for 25 games. So I'm guessing it'll probably be somewhere in the 10 game mark. But 10 games is what, five weeks? You're going to figure out the root of your problems and be able to actually come out on the other side, your best, most coped out self, your zen self in five weeks? No chance. No chance. Who knows how it all ends up being. All we know is that the Warriors are very, in, very much in trouble. They are in a spiral. They are 4-11 and 11 in their last 15. It is going to be very hard to right the ship without Draymond, without the facilitator of the offense and the middle linebacker on defense. I said on Twitter that the whole incident made me sad, and the league is better with him on the court. And a lot of people on Twitter were upset about that. A lot of people thought I was defending Draymond, but I'm not. It is sad when someone gets to the point where they can no longer control themselves on a basketball court making millions of dollars and they just can't stop from being a violent person on that floor. That's I stand by that. That's terrible. We never want people to not be in control of their emotions and their actions. Hopefully this will be the tipping point, but we have said this so many times before with Draymond. It's really hard to know what's going to happen next. Moving on, let's talk about the futures market, baby. Let's talk about the MVP market. I think we've done it once before, but let's look at it again. We have now enough data to make some more informed choices. Once again, it's the usual suspects. Jokic, Luka, Embiid, Giannis. Yawn, 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 yawn. I'm sort of kidding, but kind of not. It's the same four guys that have dominated the MVP debate since 2021, and they are here, and they are dominating Again, Jokic, not surprisingly, is the leader in the clubhouse at plus 200. Anything better than anything better than plus 100 is probably a good bet. He's followed by Luka at plus 425. Couldn't bet him. And Embiid at plus 550. Then Giannis, who just scored 64, remember, uh, at plus 750. They are followed by Shea Gilgis-Alexander, plus 900. Halliburton, plus 1400. Wow. Tatum who I think is worth a look, and we talked about this once before, plus 1,600. Kevin Durant at 25 to 1. Ant Edwards, 25 to 1. Or Ant Edwards, excuse me, 35 to 1. Devin Booker, 35 to 1. Fox, 35 to 1. Steph, 35 to 1. God bless Steph. Really, he probably deserves it if Draymond's out for an extended period of time. 80 to 1. Wow, that's moved a lot. And Braun, 80 to 1. Of the four, I kind of like the Giannis look the most. 
he's unstoppable. We can tell that cer- certainly there's some extra aggression and motivation on his part. If the Bucks continue to figure their shit out offensively, defensively, I think he's going to get a lot of love. And then in terms of the players outside of the top four, Halliburton is interesting, but again, you have to be in the top two, top three in your conference. I don't know if they're going to be a top team in the conference. I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is one to look at, especially considering the OKC is now second in the West. And on top of that, their point differential is the highest. He's leading the league in deflections. There's just so much to like about Shea. Scoring, is this the prime two-way guy that you can say is the best on both sides of the ball? Uh, off the board, I kind of like Kawhi Leonard at plus 30,000, which is, I think that's 3,000 to one. The Clippers are murdering it. And if they ma- manage to move up the standings to like the number two seed, it will be because Kawhi carries them. I think he's worth a look. So please check back every Friday as we clock the futures around the market for you all season long. All right, let's talk about some news from around the league, even though I have not a lot of time to get to it. We will start in Taiwan. Yes, according to Michael Scotto, former NBA center Hashim Tabit signed with the the Taiwan Steelers. I don't know how to pronounce the Quashing, Quashong. Why is this newsworthy? First of all, the dude went number two overall in the 2009 draft, which in itself is like pretty incredible. Famously, he was picked by the Grizzlies in the number two slot ahead of Steph Curry, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, and Drew Holiday. It was one of the most catastrophic picks in NBA history. It was worse than Marvin Bagley. It is also newsworthy because the beat, to beat drumroll, joins drumroll, former number one pick, Overall, Anthony Bennett, which puts together just so much unrealized talent in one team. I do not know if an island like Taiwan can even hold it. Remember, Bennett went number one, and it was just puzzling to everyone. In the draft containing Giannis, which I totally get, CJ McCollum, and Rudy Gobert. The fact that these guys can continue their careers is great. I'm not hating. I promise you. The beat and Bennett have played in Asia since 2017. They built up a nice following there. That's huge. Good on them. But the two of them on the same team? Sir, imagine having the number one overall pick and the number two overall pick in the NBA draft on the floor at the same time, not in the NBA, in Taiwan. The league is truly sensational and international. Finally, we finish in Golden State. We're in the same game that Draymond was ejected for punching Nurkic. An even more distressing thing for our dubs Happened at the end of that Suns game. It's not good. In crunch time, Steve Kerr benched Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins in favor of Brandon Pojashemski and third-year forward Jonathan Kaminga, and they still lost. How did Clay Thompson deal with getting benched in the fourth for the first time ever in his career? It's not great, Bob. Not great, according to Ian Slater. Upon learning during a timeout that he would be benched for the remainder of the fourth quarter, Clay Thompson circled around in frustration, yelled towards the huddle a few times, smacked the cup rack to the ground. Wow, the whole rack. Curry came over to calm him down at one point during the timeout. Thompson stewed for much of the fourth quarter. This now comes actually before the news that came out that Clay Thompson's two years, $48 million extension, which he turned down, is now no longer on the table anymore. Is this the end of the Splash Brothers as we know it? 
Is this the end of the Golden State Warriors dynasty for our dubs as we know it? Well, unless Klay Thompson starts making a lot more shots and Draymond Green gets his head together soon and stops playing Ole on defense, a.k.a. Klay Thompson, it sure looks like it might be. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. Come back on Monday for an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes which drop unexpectedly like a pop-up from YouTube telling you to stop using an ad blocker. Do not forget to follow the Heat Check as we navigate this season. That means download, download, download. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Friends, enemies, neighbors, dog walkers, even the ones that leave the green poop outside of the door. I'm having a little bit of a scuttle, but apparently there's a... What is it? Uh, a defiant dog walker leaving bags of poop in front of their neighbor's lawns. So even them, they could be fans of the heat check. Maybe they'd be happier. Even the dude on Facebook Marketplace offering you $100 for your $1,000 chandelier. Tell him, yo, cheapskate. Tell your boys, Trista is cooking in the lab in the NBA this year and maybe could use some of that money that you're not giving her for that chandelier. And follow us on social at this heat check and on Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. We will see you next time.